Hello, Happy New Year, and welcome to Super Bailey Bros Season 3, Episode 1. What up, Laurie? How's it going? Oh, very well, Phil. I feel quite well rested, to be honest. I think if I may be candid with you and the listeners, Phil, not watching many films over the break has actually made me feel cheerful and excited for a new year of films. I know what you mean, Laurie. I'm excited for a new season of the Super Bailey Bros. I think last uh, last year now, 2017, was a bit mm. of an odd end. We had Star Wars to deal with. We had a hundredth episode to deal with. All these milestones. So we haven't actually had proper film reviews for a while. No. And we're continuing the trend because I have seen no films. I mean, I call that par for the course. Oh, <laughs> right, right, whatever. But we do have a very special guest listeners. We've got our brother Sam. Hello. I, was gonna, I had such a much better intro for that. Well, I was gonna rewind make, then. Well, no, it's fine. We'll include that as well. Like, I was going to say, we've made it great for you, listeners, because we decided to make it even harder to tell our voices apart by bringing in a third party who sounds exactly the same. Hey, brother Sam. Hello, this is me. <laughs> there we go. Two brother intros. Sam. Brother, brother Sam. Pa- <laughs> brother Sam. Oh, man. Ha-ha. Listeners, Sam, uh, we invited to join us today, not just because he's our awesome bro and we're glad to have him on the show. Thanks, Sam. There you Thank go. You. But also because he went to see Stronger. He was the secret baby bro I sent to that oh-so-special film screening down in London where you also witnessed a Q&A with none other than Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I did. Yes, what was I that did. like, bro? Uh, kind of weird. It's odd going to a screening because it's super exciting. You don't do it all the time and you feel like this is, this is something intense. But also no one talks to you and <laughs> you kind of just sit there and it's a little depressing. Because oh, they're like Sam. the first day on the playground at school. Yeah, a little bit. Because you're kind of hoping someone will be like, hey, so I haven't seen you before. Are you a new, um, a new film guy? They're like, oh, by the way, I'm here for uh, Super Belly Bros. That's Name what drop. I was really hoping. <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, I'm sorry, the what, the what they are super. Yeah, mm. yeah I realise that now. So I was going to make my own joke and say, you know, ask in a very egotistical manner what it was like to be me for a day. But now that you've said it was depressing, I don't really want to know. <laughs> well, I think there's your answer. <laughs> probably more true than we all know but listeners we haven't just come back to you with a new bro to add to the mix we've also seen a bundle of movies i have been to see the new jumanji with the rock and jack black and many others besides and phil has already given the game away that he's seen nothing but <laughs> sam has taken up the mantle very well laurie sam has gone to see as you say stronger but not only stronger he's also gone to see pitch perfect three we're excited for that one man i have actually not seen any pitch perfect the only time i've seen any of them was pitch perfect one and it was on in Northern Ireland, and I was very aware of my cousins, uh, who were quite young. Not my cousins, my wife's cousins. I don't know what that means they are to me, actually. And there's loads of swearing in that film. What's up with that? Uh, yeah, good point. Hadn't thought so of I was that. a bit like, should we, should we turn off the TV? So I, I such a sort of mother hen for a moment. Uh, but yeah, so looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah, strong puns on pitches and acca stuff. I'm not so looking forward to that. Maybe we can uh, nip that one in the bud right we'll now. see what happens. Also, listeners, we're going to do a bit of a return to what we've been watching. We haven't done it for a while because, you know, it's been odd. It's been different, as I was saying earlier. But it's returned. Sam's doing a what we've been watching review. I think I am doing one as well. Laurie, you might chuck in a few scathing thoughts as we go along. I've got and one too. What are you <laughs> I wasn't sure, so I just thought I'd cover the basics. Try to be professional, bro. Right. And also, I've got a little bit of a question that was stirred up by the movies that I watched over Christmas. This is the Bailey Bros classic, man. It's what we're known for in oh, the world yeah, of um, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, podcast media. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeners, of course 
course, we would love to hear from you at superbabybros at gmail.com or at superbabybros on Twitter. Thank you very much to those who have been in touch recently. We actually don't have very many emails and tweets to read out this week, kind of because <laughs> the, the last podcast in the feed was released this morning. It's a slightly strange schedule that we've ended up with, so there's literally no time between, <laughs> between the last episode and this episode. We do still have Star Wars emails coming in, and we're going to do that email special really soon. Really looking forward to that. Might even get a special guest to join us for that one but please get all your thoughts in now just quickly bro what did you make of star wars when you say bro you sort of i saw you point but the listeners can't really see you pointing just a quick one brother sam (laughs) did you see star wars yes brother phil i did what did you make of it i'm not really into this monk thing (laughs) i'm enjoying it (laughs) um i i really liked it i came out of the cinema thinking hey cool i watched a star wars film uh and then i listened to your podcast and it made me sad because oh no well everything you said is true and there's some really annoying things in it and it's lots of bad filmmaking at the time though i didn't really notice probably because i didn't go to the cinema very often ah sam the overall you had a good time did we spoil the film for you then no that's good to hear yeah 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 well like you're probably just less jaded than we are man Mm. like the cinema feels like my second home sometimes (laughs) not really (laughs) you wouldn't know what that's like actually that would be luxury wouldn't it two homes full stop (laughs) listeners if you'd like to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com forward slash super baby bros and you can support us for as little as a cup of coffee well that's what we say it may be more like two cups of coffee depending on the kind of coffee you drink because i think it maybe amounts to something like five dollars they always do it in dollars because they put fees on top blah 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 all that stuff or Brexit Ugh. I think it's got nothing to do with that but well said Phil good but poli- knowing you Laurie probably, probably $5 <laughs> oh. is about how much you would spend on a cup of coffee you always go for the weird ones don't you no I don't I go off the menu if you're talking about cortados and noisettes Phil I believe what is I a noisette my feelings on these things noisettes. they're delicious they're a French coffee they're like a cortado we all know <laughs> they're like a cortado I have to stand behind Laurie ordering one of these to someone who <laughs> didn't do it that's right you witnessed this yes, you witnessed some of my power it's as well it's so annoying you loved it they absolutely loved it you some of my power <laughs> well, that's what they literally said like because the guy like there's just a little bit of personality and charm this is how you win things man this is how you get free stuff the is, there were three people <laughs> behind the bar it was that kind of like a bar it was like a situation. theater bar thing yeah it wasn't really like a coffee shop and there were three of them there was a guy who hated it there was a girl who thought this is kind of fun to try and there was another girl who disappeared uh, there was no guy who hated it unless no. you're talking about yourself <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe i was come on we need to did get they moving. make it for you yeah of course they did was they it were good? Deli- everyone was delighted with the situation. Not me. You know, I, in some ways I was the least delighted because everyone else loved it even more. I feel your pain, yeah. Sam. I feel so your he's pain. just shut out of the conversation right now. Let's get on with the show, I think. Anything, any further bits of business? Nothing? I noticed no. we're not doing Laurie's, you know, uh, thought for the episode. I don't have one, so that's Well, not. we kind of included that with the coffee thing, I think. Yeah, well done. All right, let's go. Jumanji is a bit of a classic, isn't it? The 1995 film, Robin Williams. Did you see the Honest trailer, though, that recently came out about it? No, I haven't actually watched them for a while. Their big thing, though, was that the Jumanji original film is slightly ruined because the whole point of Jumanji, you know, they roll the dice and then something happens. Basically, every single time they roll the dice, the the game just says run away and they still like <laughs> hang around and like oh what what could it be something's <laughs> something's not right and then you just have to run away like they just take longer and longer to you run away that, you're right like as a plot point it's silly but then the thing is that i think that proves it's good filmmaking terrifying because, terrifying yeah, board game it really is yeah. and you you buy it because you're so invested in the world of the film i was reading up about it just because i've seen the new one and it's based on 
a book, a sort of picture book. Which and... I bought for our nephew. Did you really? Mm. Oh, really? He's really? never read it. It's kind of scary, man. I can't imagine It's not that scary. It's a nice happy. book. Our brother said, <laughs> oh, this might be too much. It wasn't. I checked it out. Still hasn't read it. Well, that, you'll know then. So one of the interesting things is that Robin Williams' character was just not in the original book. Neither was Van Pelt, the hunter. Uh, neither was the mum or, or something like that. Well, no, no. Is it their aunt, Bonnie Wright? There's none of that. That's Bonnie all Wright. the film. They, they expanded it all, didn't they? Something like that. And But I thought what was interesting about that was, for me, that is what makes it an all-time classic is the interaction between Robin Williams' old experienced person who knows Jumanji and knows how terrifying it is and the way he works with the kids and is kind of a big kid in a man's body. All that sort of stuff, that, that worked really, really well. And Van Pelt was a good villain. And then to discover that wasn't even part of it. I thought that was kind of a shame. They take the basic idea of a, a board game that leads to real-life danger quite well. But I agree, they, they expand it massively. And I really love the fact, which I didn't realise as a kid, that uh, Van Pelt, the hunter guy, yeah. is played by the same guy who plays his Cadbury? dad. Cadbury? Oh, yeah, no, that's really? right. It's Cadbury from Richie Rich. Cadbury. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, it's also his dad who's like, toughen up. That's right, you're right. So yeah, there's yeah. all this symbolism going on. Yeah. Oh. Thank me, you, Sam. Interesting for me as well is that I think that improves on the book, but when this came out, it got like 50% Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes I, wasn't around then. But I don't understand that. Really? I feel like this one is a staple of any child of the 90s yeah still on tv um, lots yeah all the time and i still watch it and i'm still scared by the wasps trying to get in through the window yeah the totally. um it's getting stuck in the floor i remember and the spiders yeah, coming yeah the design Ugh. of those animals as well they were familiar and that sort of nightmarish it was impressive so i think there you go listeners yet another example of critics not necessarily understanding what is going to make a classic in 10 years time Last Jedi, anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Move on, move on. Let's move on to the new Jumanji. This is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It stars Jack Black. It's got Kevin Hart. It's got Nick Jonas. Uh, and it's got Karen Gillan in it as well. Do you recognise any of those names? Uh, yeah, Nick well, Jonas see, is yeah. the pop star guy. Yeah, he is. He's the guy who did the worst country music solo ever. Fantastic. <laughs> and You've then Karen, find that clip on YouTube. Karen Gillian is uh, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy. She plays that one with the blue Nebula, head yeah. and like a weird robot thing. She's sister of she Zoe Saldana. Who as well? Scott yeah, that's where she started. Amy Pond. Yeah, there you go. And. The thing is upgraded. It's Jumanji. It's not really a reboot or a remake, if you're afraid of that. The basic premise is there's a kid who's playing video games. And it's funny, this film was made by Sony. And so I was enjoying seeing like PlayStation controllers, but it wasn't the PlayStation he was using. (laughs) It was kind of weird. It had a cartridge that made it look like a Game Boy game, but it was really strange. It had like wood on it. It's hard to explain. (laughs) Um, Although he picks it up as a board game at the beach, it looks at it and says, lame, and puts it in the corner. Then overnight, the game must watch him playing this computer game and it transforms transforms into a computer game in the I quite like that already it's great isn't it yeah oh, yeah cool. and I have to say this all happens in like the first five minutes it's incredibly efficient sort of story setup. I was really impressed by it then it goes into his game he turns it on opens up you know with the control pad and gets sucked into the game you don't see it the title card comes up Jumanji and now we're in 2017 some kids are you know it's basically the breakfast club there are some kids there's Spencer who's a bit of a geek and he's writing the homework of his best mate Fridge who's a hulking like football player there's a girl called Bethany who's constantly taking selfies a very funny scene at the beginning uh, of her trying to do a just out of bed selfie and making everything just perfect using one of those selfie sticks mm. and then there's Martha rounding out the four and she is sort of a self-confident girl who's nevertheless appears to be a bit insecure she hates gym class because she views it as unnecessary but is kind of withdrawn and for various reasons they get thrown into detention and of course in detention while they're sort of doing a menial task like removing staples from magazines or something classic detention stuff they discover this video game turn it on boom you're in jumanji shall we hear the trailer yes, yes. well this is a fun group welcome to detention spencer bethany 
Fridge. Martha, you're all here for a reason. Hey, person walking! You should be thinking about who you are and who you want to be. You'll have plenty of time to figure that out while you're cleaning out the basement. Are you gonna help or are you too pretty? I'm too pretty. Yo, what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. You pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Moose Finbar. Sounds like a badass. I'll be the curvy genius. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. I guess I'm Ruby Roundhouse. Ow. Where's the rest of me? Oh my god. Fridge? Yeah, I'm Fridge. Who are you? It's me, Spencer. Who is she? Martha? Why am I wearing half a shirt and short shorts in the jungle? I think we got sucked into Jumanji and we become the avatars we chose. So that means Bethany? Oh, Wait, Bethany? Don't look at it! <gasps> I'm an overweight, middle-aged man. Well, I don't have my Claritin, and all I see around here is Paula. Well, I don't have a top two feet of my body. Damn, that is a man right there. Don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry, it's gonna be okay. Welcome to the jungle! This is a video game, which means we all have special skills. Why am I running so slow? That was so intense. I, like, can't even with this place. Maybe we're all in a coma. What? That old game machine must have elected you to the first now we're Oh my god! You better get in there and save her. I'm not gonna get in there. You get in there. I got a backpack on. You don't get in water with a backpack. Everybody knows that. There we go, thoughts. I like the idea. I, I, I've seen the trade before. We played it then. I kind of bought into it immediately. I think that's a great way of modernizing Jumanji without selling out the original premise. Yeah, right. And making yeah. it all about video games. Interesting. Having them have special powers and lives. Well, we I haven't think, got to that point yet, of course, Phil. Oh, but that, that see, was in the trailer. Is, I was nervous when I first heard this because I was like, I just don't think Jumanji needs updating. Like well, You could watch the old one and get a really good experience now. I'm glad you say that because that's why I mentioned it's not really a remake or a reboot. It uses the most sort of slim premise available, which is just that here's a game that you get sucked into and you have to play and you have to finish the game or you're stuck there forever. And the original Jumanji film doesn't make an appearance except a vague reference to Alan Parrish at one point. Right, okay. Which I, I really liked. It was a nice homage. It was not ignoring what's come before, but also it's one of the freshest reboots I think I've seen because it just tells an original story. As you said there, Phil, one of the funniest parts of this is that it's a body swap comedy as well because they get sucked into the game and they become the characters that they choose the hulking professor bravestone i think he is who is spencer the nerd is the rock and suddenly he's got a he like pokes his pecs and uh, and his uh, biceps and stuff and he's fearless and he has a power that smolders so every now and again <laughs> when he says a line he just smolders <laughs> Everyone's really, and he can't control it and then jack black who's bethany you know the selfie obsessed girl turns up and she's jack black that she's also like a paleontologist and an ex- expert cartographer. So everyone else picks up a map. They can't see anything. She can see the map on it. Then you've got Martha, who is Ruby Roundhouse, all of a sudden. Destroyer of men is her tagline. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's like, what, what on earth am I wearing? And it's a nice sort of satire on video games and representation of women and stuff, because she's basically wearing like a pointless... She makes the point, I'm in a jungle. Why am I, why am I midriff exposed? Ridiculous. <laughs> but she's also suddenly got kung fu tricks that she doesn't really understand how she's doing it. And then Kevin Hart, <laughs> this hulking massive guy who's a football 
forward is suddenly diminutive Kevin Hart, whose job is to carry the backpack uh, from which The Rock can pull out weapons and things. <laughs> it's good, man. And it, it's interesting. I think we're going to talk about your name later, are we saying? Yeah. I was kind of dazzled that the film went the places it did with the body swap stuff, because one of the funniest scenes and most surprising scenes is Bethany's character having to go for a wee as Jack Black. <laughs> Weird. You, you wouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> no. Absolutely hilarious, man. So funny. And the cinema I was in was loving it. They just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I've got to say, I, the chemistry of those four leads is really, really impressive. The whole thing works completely. And you believe the fact that these four have chemistry but it's the chemistry of the kids that they're pretending to be in different people's bodies. And these guys are charismatic enough to convey it all? Yeah, it really, really works. I was really impressed by Karen Gillan, who, you know, I wasn't that impressed by as Nebula because it's not really a character, in my opinion. She's blue. She plays a yeah. robot. Yeah, like, she's <laughs> not very good. She's not a robot, is she? But she kind of is. But I thought she was great in this. She had she managed to convey the sort of nerdiness, uh, or not nerdiness, but that kind of insecure nature of her character and also the confidence side of her character. One of her special skills is dance fighting, and there's a scene in which Bethany as Jack Black is trying to teach her how to flirt to distract some guards from a base watching Jack Black instruct her how to flirt as a girl is great there's a good, lovely scene with Jack Black saying oh, oh my god you're so funny oh, you're so funny like it's, yeah I, I won't ruin it for you here but Karen Gillan really nails that role Jack Black is a perfect comedy performer I think you're getting a picture from me mm. the only thing is I think the film has quite a lot of weaknesses in its script and kind of in its set pieces, because CGI is fine. It's clearly being modelled on stuff like Uncharted. It's a bit more of an adventure thing than a game thing. Uh, they go through forests, they go through bazaars. Like, there's a lot more people in this version of Jumanji than there was before. And, you know, there's an evil villain out to get them. There's nothing like Van Pelt. But I kind of thought there were little moments of editing that I wish they'd cut out, where essentially the punchline for a joke just comes again. Like, we've already had that joke. So Kevin Hart at one point basically says, like, one of his weaknesses is speed. He's really, really slow. It's a good scene where he's just incredibly slow and he's annoyed about it. But he says, why is that my why is that my character? And he just says that a couple of times. And you kind of think, well... It's already landed. Yeah, if you yeah. can't think of another joke, you need to cut that out. And it made me think that perhaps the edit was slightly lax because there were just a couple of moments like that where Improv? things were being repeated. But I don't no, know. I think... It was too staged for that. Often there were different shots. I think that's symptomatic in lots of films at the moment. They don't trust that the audience is going to get something or... They don't quite have enough material, so they reuse what they've already tested yeah, that's true. as this is funny. So I think test screenings happening all the time for little segments. And they're like, oh, people laughed at this. Let's do it again. It's a known quantity. That might be it. And trampling the ground flat ensures yeah. that something lands, doesn't well, it? Exactly. I was going to ask, um, as it's a computer game, yeah. is there an end point which they're trying to get to? Like, is it purely a kind of discovery? I mean, those are very popular, those kind of games at the moment. Or is it like elements of platform gaming it's sort of a nice hybrid that they don't spend too much time on which i'm glad for because if they did it would have become a bit cringy that's mm. how these things go so they do talk about levels different levels of the game they've got tattooed lives on their arms and what if they die they lose a life and then they come back in from the sky that sort of thing but it very much is linear it serves a story there's a stone that they have to get back to a panther that's the goal so one of the things which i'm wondering about is that well two things really first of all um, is there a sense of danger to the film? And the second thing 
is there still heart to the film? I know there's Kevin Hart, uh-huh. oh. but is there that same sense of real uh, emotional stakes to the story like there was with Alan Parrish and I Ron Williams and everything? It's less sort of melodramatic. This one is, we're in, you know, 2017, man. I don't say that cheesily, but because everything's a bit postmodern now and it, more, stuff has got a more of a wry smile and a raised eyebrow than it did in the 1990s when mm. stuff was much more sincere. But I don't think the film lacks for it. I think... There is a sense of danger, but it's more an intellectual sense because they've all got three lives and you're wondering how it is that they're going to balance that. And there is a constant sense of, well, maybe there's going to be a scene where there's only one life left and someone makes a sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, mm, So yeah. from that point of view, there is a sense of danger. It's slightly buried because they make jokes and make light of it, but it's still there. So I thought that worked for me. And then when it comes to the heart of it, I thought it was great because it's basically the breakfast club via Jumanji it's much more to do with how they understand their identity overcome their fears bond as friends just over and above these sort of classic high school boundaries and I loved it and and the introduction of Nick Jonas's character who I won't say anything more about really helps with that as well I was surprised by some of the pathos that they got out of that especially towards the end so interesting Basically, I'd give it a thumbs up. I thought it was great. A little bit thumbs slow. Up. We gave, <laughs> well, I'll give you a great thumbs Netflix. up now. Four <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, Hand I, thumbs and toe <laughs> thumbs up. I probably enjoyed it. The thing, and what's interesting to me is this is beating uh, The Last Jedi, apparently, in America on New Year's Day. More people went to see Jumanji in The Last Jedi. Not that big a surprise, because Last Jedi has been out for a while now. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that you know, in the email show. But it would appear that this is really a hit with audiences. It's got enough fun, enough laughs, enough engagement that it just works and I think it deserves it can I ask one more question then we'll get your actual yep. grade yep yep uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is he just doing the same old stuff he's been doing in most of his films is he just kind of rehashing the same sort of personality that was in uh, Baywatch and things like that or is it something a bit different as a bit of both he's too wholesome not to do that and I think that's partly why he gets cast the guy is like box office dynamite I think basically it's amazing how many demographics he appeals to I like him he, I'm one of the, I'm in that demographic I, I think he's brilliant I think he's re- charismatic as heck <laughs> can I use a phrase like that <laughs> and I, I think he, he's got great screen presence I think his acting chops are absolutely fine so but then at the same time, it's quite nice to see him being a nerd at some point. Like his reaction when he sees someone getting eaten by hippos is pretty good. What's the grade? I am going to give it a B plus. Yeah. Any bonuses? What I will say is that it sort of made me laugh because I was a bit confused by it. Bobby Cannavale is playing the bad guy in this and he has a power that enables him to control animals. Okay, now I want you to hold on to that. So if you can control animals in a jungle, you're probably going to marshal like the big ones. And they're going to be your like offense if you're talking American football. But he seems to, one of the things he seems to do with his control of animals is let centipedes crawl in his ear and um, scorpions live inside him so that he can let them come out through his mouth. Weird. And yeah, you know what? Like, I think the film didn't kind of get that one right. Like, if, if Let's I go with the small animals, animals, I'd be sending those animals away. Panthers. Yeah. Out of the forest, not inside my ear. So I think that's that, like a nightmare. Oh, that's <laughs> horrific. Of, I mean, but it works. It made him creepy, but yeah, slightly misjudged. Um, who was he? Which, which film's he been in? He's in The Station Agent. Uh, he's brilliant in that. He's in Ant-Man where he plays the uh, new husband is it or the new partner oh the guy who's like replaced Paul Rudd that's right yeah 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 but yeah good film what's up pitches P-P-I-T-C-H's pitches can I just say that to you guys really cool now so that when we play the trailer it doesn't sound like something else 
So pitches with P- a P. P I T C S is a joke because it's like pitch the songs have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, and I'm so glad that we're about to play the trailer. Sam, you saw this one. I did see this one, and I really enjoyed it. I'm going to put that right out there straight away. Okay. Yep. I thought it was really good fun. I really liked Pitch Perfect. I watched Pitch Perfect 2, and I really didn't like it. I thought it was really dull. And then I saw this one thinking, oh. Not another one. But it was really fun. And, you know, I think it, it knows itself quite well. I think it, it, it's more self-aware than you might expect. And I was talking to you, Laurie, about this, about how series uh, films often struggle. They've developed these characters and then they need to keep finding stories to put them in so that you still care about them. And this one slightly sidesteps that whole issue of trying to keep finding stories by just going completely ludicrous. I like that. That's a good, that's a good way for it to go, especially when it's a comedy, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not trying too hard to be real. So what is the current situation of the Barden Bellas? So the Barden Bellas... Uh, Get you, Phil. Have... You know the names. <laughs> I saw Pitch Perfect 2. It was on telly, so I watched it. Go. Sorry, Sam. Carry on. Yeah, so the Barden Bellas, they have all left Barden University and they're all starting their lives... You kind of pick up with Becca, the kind of main one. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. And, uh, you know, she's producing music. Uh, but maybe, maybe not everything's as cool as it seems. Oh, maybe oh no. There's trouble in paradise. Um, and then you do kind of uh, little intros of all the other Bard and Bellas, and they meet up for a reunion. And it's just quite clear they're not loving life as much as they thought they would. This is out in the real world when you've got jobs and taxes oh, exactly. and bills. All of those things and probably all those things are mentioned uh, by name in the film. <laughs> well, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So the kind of driving force behind this is uh, the character from Pitch Perfect 2. I think her name's Emily in the film. I have no idea who Hayley she... Steinfeld. Hayley Steinfeld. Is that right, really? Stein... Is that the one who was in um, True Grit. Yes, she was. So she was kind of introduced as a new Bella for the last one and she's taken that on. She's still at university and she's the one who calls this reunion which makes them all really depressed about their lives and how much they miss being the Bellas uh, and how excited they were to sing together again and have that moment in their lives. So here is the trailer uh, which tells you a good amount of what's going on. What's up, pitchers? <laughs> See you guys, I missed you. Hey, Bellas. So what do you want us to sing tonight? I brought this just in case. We didn't invite you guys to sing. We invited you to watch. Uh, excuse me? I just thought you guys were so busy with your awesome jobs and amazing lives. I am actually. Oh, yeah, we all, we all, we're sense. actually. In. You get off my and I do my dream of taking bands and show you They're so bright and shiny. Still look pretty. They look like they was all breastfed. Hey, hey, hey. I would do anything to sing with you guys again. Every year the USO puts on this performance to support the troops in Europe. One last show together. Who's with me? Hell yeah. Yes! <laughs> Welcome to Spain, Bellas. So this is the first base. Will we be going to second base with you guys? That's a no for me, so. On the tour, we've got three bands. You guys just sing other people's songs, right? Like a cover band. They're trying to intimidate us. Let's just do what we do. A riff off. Running her hands through my fro. Bouncing on tiny balls while they sing on the radio. So wake me up when it's all over. We like to keep it oral. Everybody is better at the one thing that we do than than we are at that thing. All right, ladies, we're going to show them that we are not a joke. My record label wants to sign one of the bands. 
But we don't want the Bellas. We want you. What? I did not see this coming. We're family. We support each other. We like sisters, Aubrey. He is Aubrey, isn't it? I can't. I'm part of a group. Becca, it's a big opportunity for you. Sometimes the clothes do not make the mess. Bye-bye, Bellas. It really does feel like goodbye, John. Becca. What are you doing? Don't. <laughs> if you cry, I'm gonna cry. Don't make that face. I'm not doing it. Don't make that face. This is my regular face. Zing, zing, zing. Oh, Aka, brilliant. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just responding the way the trader might want me to, Sam. Exactly <laughs> right. I think uh, if you can hear the music to that, it gives a real sense of what you're expected to feel at the end of this film. What um, listeners you didn't get to see was Laurie's face as he watched that trailer. It was quite marvellous. Just, oh, imagine Dripping. smelling like something rotten. It, what, the thing is, I, I smiled at a lot of it and I thought some of the jokes were really good. I love that line, uh, they look like they've all been breastfed. That's hilarious, man. That's it's, a good it's gag. Good stuff. It was the music that was slightly turning me off because it's just that, it's like Glee, isn't it, again? I never liked Glee. Yeah, I mean, that's well, Glee never liked you. <laughs> well, fine. Look, we're not friends. We're not talking anymore. I don't have a problem with that. It's a good separation. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of just closing the loop from the first film where these characters all came together finally and this is the kind of end point and it felt very much like an end point I really hope it's an end point please make it an end point don't try and take more do you feel like it reopen that, that scab whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah do you think it deserves that based on the story that it tells yeah I think this is kind of a let's hold nothing back let's go completely stupid so that we can end this and draw a line under it and I really hope that's what they do and no one tries to reopen it again because the new character wasn't strong enough to keep it going with others. I think they were surprised at how many of the characters in the first one people liked, and that's why they struggled in the second, because then they had to try and weave extra uh, kind of storylines in. Okay, so it got a bit convoluted. Yeah, exactly. My thing was that uh, the second one didn't really work for me because I felt like they didn't really position the group in the right frame. They're meant to be underdogs, they're meant to be slightly pathetic and lame, and I felt like they were trying to have them be successful, but then trying to find ways to make them super talented but also bring them down a peg so when fat amy exposes herself in front of the president in pitch perfect 2 it all just felt a bit convoluted in this film i'm hoping they are a bit more pathetic and just kind of classic comedy setup in the sense that they want to do well but they're nobody's really rooting for them is that a bit more of the setup yeah well i was trying to describe the story arc of the three pitch perfects to laurie and I can't remember the second film at all. <laughs> I couldn't remember sign, any of the plot points. So the fact that, yes, they embarrass themselves in front of the present, that is the whole reason for the film, isn't it? Yeah. And it's very thin. Uh, you're <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Whereas this third one, the very setup makes them all appear to be absolute looters who are clinging on to their old life. And that means they've got a reason to go and do this yeah, thing Yeah, that's neat, isn't it? Which is a straightforward setup. That's what the second one probably should have been, but they did it for this one instead, and that's that's nicer. Does it completely uh, axe the character of uh, Becca's boyfriend, then? Jesse. Yeah, he's gone. He's out. That was something which I felt was like a real misstep in the second film, because I thought the first film had that as at least a counterpoint to what was going on with her and her little group. Uh, so I'm a bit sad to hear that. Does it suffer for it? Uh, no, I mean... Basically, because I couldn't remember the second one. I couldn't remember how they left it. Um, <laughs> okay. but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it, did, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. There's, there's all the standard tropes. There's all the standard things. So, um, you know, I went off and read reviews afterwards. Uh, and so did my wife, because she loves Classic. trying to Classic. find out exactly what's going on. I'm with you. What are people are talking about. And she was like, yeah, everyone hates it. 
because uh, it's not a good film oh. and it's really not in some ways very well written and some this of the gags graphic too. are a bit no three Oh, but you you gave it a thumbs up, man. You liked it. I liked so it a lot. This is it. I'm not I'm not fussed. I think the reason is if you go and not expecting it to be a good film because, it, as in, it's not going to be a hard hitting social drama. It's supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be very silly. Um, you can come away enjoying it and feeling like this is a good time. So, did you find it funny? I did find it funny. There are some moments where I laughed a lot. Uh, some things came kind of out of left field, and you weren't expecting it. Others were more. Uh, obvious setups. Basically, Rebel Wilson's character Amy, or Fat Amy, as she calls herself, is uh, is very funny. I mean, she is getting a bit tired that character, and I think they're running out of things to do with her. Uh, but some of it, you just can't help but laugh. It's very good. There's a really good bit with a balloon being punched. <laughs> wow, it's very punched. funny. Um, so, right. why, where's the disconnect then? Why do you think reviews are not liking it? Why do you think the audience reaction isn't so positive towards the film? I think because they're expecting it to say more than it can or wants to. I think it wants the, to the, just the be, concept stretch. Which do you think far. people are actually wanting it to be a social commentary? I don't know. This is That's it. I don't crazy, understand. Man. I think people are trying to say, "Oh, it's tired and, and dull." Because it's the same kind of gags. Maybe because I've forgotten Pitch Perfect two entirely. You it got felt to deleted that. It felt okay. It's gone from my memory banks. So um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was tired particularly. But like I say, I don't want there to be any more. Please stop. This is good. <laughs> Man, I'm all on board. I had with my film. I mean, I, you know, I thought there were a few films in the last year that were obviously just just films, disposable films, light entertainment. I'm all on board with them if they're made well. And this looks like it was made well, as far as your eyebrows raised right now suggest. Yeah, from my assessment of Star Wars Last Jedi, I could be wrong about this um, because there might be obvious things I've missed. I would say, I don't think this is a spoiler, John Lithgow is in it. Yep. And I don't like his accent. It doesn't hold up. He sounds like John Lithgow on the stage every now and again, and then he's someone else again. So he's he that was... sort of guy who's so well known, people are probably happy with that. That's well, probably exactly. What I mean, he's kind of funny, not really. I mean, he's he just helps things move along. What's your grade? I'd give it a B. Just a straight B. Just a straight B. I toyed with a plus, but no. Nice. You want to sing off to, to conclude? No. Yeah. <laughs> right, listeners, picture the scene. Uh, the Bailey bros are all sat around the sofas with extended family members. And uh, I believe your daughter was just sort of staring at the screen. And what was on? It was Mary Poppins. Mary, Mary Poppins. And it was stepping right. oh, time. Stepping time. <laughs> which goes on for a long cool. time. It's stepping time. Sight. Takes a long time to do its thing. Yeah. They're stepping for a long time. Man, but it's good stuff. It is like very they, good, very uh, good. They paced it brilliantly. And I like the fact that they paint backgrounds in that film just oh. because they can. Yeah, great. Uh, but we did end up having a little bit of a discussion, which I want to branch out to the wider internet and the podcasting world. We were seriously questioning this. Sam, you weren't there, unfortunately. I wasn't. But here was the big thing. We were thinking about it and we thought, is Mary Poppins fun? Not talking about the film, it's talking about Mary Poppins as a character. She's she's this lovely lady that they all love and adore, but is she actually fun? She's yeah. a very efficient, queen-like lady. You did ask me this, and I still think my answer was yes. Is she? I think so. What's what's not to love about Mary? Like, well, Sam... <laughs> You're you... looking very perplexed, Sam. Yeah, I, so I, what I'm doing, I'm running through all the interactions she has, particularly with the kids... Uh, so there's the spoonful of sugar makes a man, and, and know, that's about tidy. <laughs> no, but that's the whole point. She makes tidying fun because they all have a great time because they can magically snap their fingers and everything gets sorted. I think she irritates you, Phil, by saying things like spitzbot and by insisting that children tidy 
and go to bed and be smart and presentable. That's for their what father. I mean. She is very bossy, but yes, yeah. fun things happen you around know, her. Kind of like but her is job. she fun? Yeah, I, I think she's a lot of fun. The bit you're thinking about where she's the least fun is when they're coming away from when they've been in the chalk painting. They've literally had a magical time. They're walking back, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" Properly gaslights them. They're like, <laughs> "We were just in a chalk drawing." Mary and she's like Psh. no that's true actually she does sort of freak them out there she's like what are you talking about that never happens can you imagine <laughs> exactly she's kind of crazy <laughs> that particular scene is a bit strange but I, I think you're you're obviously the problem with society here Phil because <laughs> what do you mean I, who's to say how's this turned on me <laughs> who's to say that you can't set children appropriate boundaries and have fun within those boundaries and act respectfully and properly at other times I think is, you're the one who's on the spotlight right now Laurie. <laughs> in right. those boundaries she takes them to the roofs of London inhales R-O-O-V-E-S The roofs The roofs I like that Laurie you're interrupting So you say it I think it's roofs Yeah roofs Exactly Get off his case Sam carry on The roofs of London Where they hail a lot Of smoggy London smoke True They meet with a lot of people Who are charming But are home very late You know the boundaries Suddenly get blurred When she wants to have a dance Exactly, she's all like, oh, you need to be doing this and this, come on, do that, do this. And then she completely breaks all of her rules. How does she, I don't believe she breaks a single She's all about being efficient and doing things exactly and precisely, and then she goes off and does weird things and dances with penguins, and and then she climbs up a cloud (laughs) and, and does her little dance and spins lots, and then she's like, come on, children, to bed, to bed. I think you're, you know, getting this all wrong. I, I'm curious about what your motive is. In, in I don't know. I just don't know what to think of her because I thought, actually, if I was a child in Mary Poppins' little land, would I like her? I think what's interesting about and it is And they clearly love her because they're like, Mary not, Poppins, don't leave but, us. We leave you. you. know, she's not interested in being liked or in being fun, as you put it. She's interested in doing her job in educating and entertaining the kids. You know, that that's her business. I don't think she's in it. You know, Phil, you know, the world she is not about them. what people she think scolds of you. Them. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, that's her job. Needlessly. I think the key scene which kind of sums this all up is the I love to laugh at Uncle Albert's house. Yeah, that guy is high as a kite. Well, this is <laughs> Literally. <laughs> this is it. So is she saying, never laugh, stop your laughing? Or is she saying, you know, be sober-minded, you know, you can have a joke. Laugh so sensibly and within limits. Yeah. Exactly. Is that fun? <laughs> That's yes, a bit weird. Fun. They're having a great Come time. Then she's like, no, come down, children. Bert is all like, hey, let's join in with this. This is great. Exactly. Bert's great. Love Bert. If Bert wasn't in that film, it'd be boring. Well, yeah, boring. but what does Bert think of Mary Poppins? He loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I think he's... that's because he fancies her. Do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> but why would he fancy her if she's not fun, man? Come on. You that's can fancy be a boring spin-off. people. Oh, Phil. Look, that's, listeners, that's... I think we've said all that needs to really be said. Listeners, have your say. Email in the show, superbadebros at com or tweet us at superbadebros. Is Mary Poppins the character? Is she fun? Yes. No. <laughs> Maybe. Sam, I'm glad you saw this one. This would have got me weeping in a, a second. Yeah, I was really fortunate to be there at this Q&A with Jake Gyllenhaal. Really interesting having him give his take on the whole thing. It's this true story about uh, the bombing at the Boston Marathon, and it just follows this one guy, Jeff Bowman. The film's called Stronger, and here's the trailer. Listen up! This young lady here is running the marathon for bringing a women's hospital. So skip around to Stalag and donate to a good cause. I'm going to be there at the finish line for you. I'm going to make a big sign for you. doesn't show up for anything. (laughs) And then he shows up.
There was an explosion, and your legs, they're gone, bro. Helping you made me feel like I could help my son. And for that, I am grateful. You're grateful. You showed the world that they can't break us no matter what the hell they do. There was this time in the hospital when I, I just want to give up. And now, I just want to live. I just want people to see how amazing my son is. I'm going to walk. You know, I'm going to walk with you again someday. Yeah, so this is the horrific true story of the bombings at the Boston Marathon. Uh, and it follows one guy, uh, Jeff Bowman, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, it's also starring Tatiana Maslany and Miranda Richardson, uh, and a few others who you might know as well. I did like this film. It looked incredibly raw. Yeah, Laurie's exactly right. It It is a tearjerker. I reckon probably aiming for Oscar with Jake. You um, think so? I really think so. I mean, the, I read a cynical review which was like, yeah, this is just Jake trying to get an Oscar, which is a shame. I think it under sells the film I, I have to agree it really annoys me when people said oh it's an Oscar grab like what's the problem with that like the, a film wins an Oscar because it's a great performance and a compelling story so we'll just enjoy those two things it really but bugs me when that's all anyone can see I think it's when it's contriving emotion in order to to hit hit it with voters I think that's what people don't like it's not necessarily the, the idea of a film trying to be award worthy it's when you feel like they're pulling on strings to make it connect what about la la land from that point of view we can have this chat later yeah, but right. sam do you think this is uh, manipulating people and twisting things to make it more impactful or do you think it's trying to be honest and real well it's interesting because whilst i was watching it i really was debating that question in my head is this trying to manipulate me into feeling a certain way uh, and so on and for a lot of it i thought no in fact this is trying to represent the realities of a terrible situation and how it plays out in one person's life uh, there are really excruciatingly difficult scenes to watch when he's going through rehab, particularly immediately after he's had the operation which removes his legs, uh, which just, you almost can't watch. It is brilliantly acted, painful, and sort of gets you right in the feels. Uh, but then, towards the end, you do start wondering. It seems like all the questions it asks about is it right to raise these people up as heroes mm. who have survived something horrific? Is it right to put that pressure on them? Those are the kind of questions it's asking through the film. I feel like at the end, it slightly just settles on lowest common denominator. We all want to feel happy. But the problem with this is that it's a true story. And so it's hard to know how to take that because these events happened. This person's a real guy. He's written a book, which is what this film's based on. And he seems quite genuine. 
Well, you know, all the things you're saying there just make me think it sounds even better than I thought, because at least it has the confidence to raise all these things that would certainly be a factor in a real person who's having to deal with this stuff, which none of us can, well, not none of us, but many of us could never even begin to imagine, right? Because he's not just the focus for his town uh, or for his friends and family, but kind of a focal point for like the global media, because this was a terrorist incident, wasn't it? So yeah. it's like, he's yeah, I can imagine the pressure must be absolutely huge. I, I, I think that's an important story. Yeah, so I think uh, this is why I say I really liked it, and I kind of try to defend it against people who just try and dismiss it as you Oscar, know, Oscar bait. bait. Yeah, because, totally, yeah. Because it does... Uh, talk about these issues it tries to raise this figure up as a, a full rounded character rather than just you know here's rather a than just one narrative story here's a guy who had something there. bad to happen to him and look at him achieve something yeah exactly it's, it's and more it, nuanced than that it goes into the social dynamics and relationship dynamics between a family and a girlfriend who is kind of brought into this uh, situation as you heard that's Tatiana Maslany's um, character she's just a girlfriend and yet she's brought into this situation how do you deal with that how do you stay strong in that kind of situation um are you able to show any weakness the supporting people around this person who's a hero particularly in your relationship i have to admit man because i saw breathe quite recently not a similar story but it's about someone who had a terrible you know i think he had an awful condition that left him paralyzed basically that was the andrew garfield film yeah that's right and he had a support network around him true story as well about a real person yeah people said exactly the same things oscar grab blah 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 but the the main weakness of that film i thought was that uh except for his character's wife in that film the supporting cast uh, basically get relegated to being stereotypes because the most important thing is this main character and their state of mind and their journey and it can make the film feel a little bit cliched because all these other real people in his life are really just there to make him learn something or to move another part of the story along and the music sometimes does that as well very cliched music is it that or is it a bit more you know is it clever is it deeper than that like for example Tatiana Maslany's character yeah i i think it is a bit deeper than that maybe just in it's a bit more gritty and less neat so the supporting characters are feel like characters they don't just feel like they're supports they're not just props for the they're, main narrative no they're not the normal tropes they ha- they have their own ideas and feelings which come into the film and i mean jake gyllenhaal's brilliant because he in a short space of time makes you want to like this character jeff yeah i thought um, that in the, even in the trailer yeah and i i usually go and look up the real person i didn't i don't know why but jake gyllenhaal just does an amazing uh performance he kind of changes his physicality uh, a bit um he acts with his eyes oh does he good I, that's one of the things which i know he has said in the past that that's something which he tries to do each character he has is a slightly different thing with their eyes yeah i mean i think he does i trying to remember any particular instance i can't for right now but it was what was interesting is the q a afterwards someone asked you know are you doing a caricature of this real person and is that weird if so because he's a real person good question surprising to ask to the actor himself yeah exactly or are you uh, are you trying to match it as close as possible? And I, I think Jake kind of said, you know, I can't do the real person. I spent a year with him, him and his family to try and pick up on him. And what you're seeing on screen is as much Jeff as I could do. Obviously, it's, it's still his me. interpretation. It's yeah. my interpretation. But I think he really wanted to try and get across the real person. Something which I was curious about, and I, maybe it touched on in the Q&A, is how do you convey pain and struggle when you're not actually experiencing it? Well, what I think was interesting about this film is that 
usually it shows rehab in really kind of soft tones. They always have the parallel bars. Yeah, and a right. guy standing there kind of on it and taking a couple of steps. That's what they do with War Machine. And it's in, where um, the music swells yeah. and it's like... Doo, 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 Come on, one more, one more. That's yeah, exactly. Thing. Whereas here, it doesn't turn away and it shows him obviously in pain and struggling to do it and basically just saying, I can't do this. Oh, mm. man. Um, which makes it feel more kind of real. Like, this is a guy struggling to get through Actually rehab. trying to rehab. Not... Yeah. A hero on a pedestal who's brilliant at everything. What's your grade? Uh, I go A. I think I really, wow, really enjoyed it. I I was going back and forth B minus to A. B minus to A. Wow, that's quite yeah, a range. Do you I, think this maybe this is uh, swaying by the the fact that it was a fancy fancy uh, secret screening? Yeah. Well, I think this could be it with because Jake, I was Jake with himself <laughs> staring at you, saying his like my film. <laughs> well, it is weird being in the presence of celebrities. There's something about them that it's like they've been photoshopped in real life. It's really odd. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Was he but, a handsome man? Uh, yeah. Uh, and was he, he a, a tall suit, man? A cool suit. Yeah, quite tall. That's oh. surprising. Um, so anyway. It was at a glitzy hotel in London. Uh, I love going. And I, like I say, I haven't been to cinema that often this last year. So it was exciting for me to go. And I think that excitement made me enjoy the film more. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but you, you haven't seen it. It has quality. But I think it does have quality. I'd still recommend people go see it. I'd like to see it again to double check my feelings on it. Um, so I'd encourage you to go watch it. If you've got thoughts on Stronger, I know some people are really keen to hear what the Super Baby Bros made of Stronger. If you get in touch, you can reach us, superbabybros at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at superbabybros. And Sam, are you willing to take minus ones and plus ones? Yeah, go on then. So if you agree with Sam, send him a plus one. If you disagree, send him a minus one. And this is like one of a few opportunities you get to, to really peg him. So bring it on. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. You can go again to the films. <laughs> the films. <laughs> Right, I don't know what's going to happen because we haven't done what we've been watching for ages. Sam, do you want to sing the intro? What have we been watching this week? Woo! Very good. That's generally quite That's good. Oh, well done. Mm. Uh, listeners, this is when we go over uh, films that are not in the cinema at the moment, but you might be able to catch them on streaming services or they're just old films that we've happened to have seen and we want to talk about. This week, we are going to do what well, I'm going to do. It's complicated, an Nancy Myers film. Sam, you're going to do your name. My name is Phil. You're called Sam. Ah, very clever. What's the no, film? The film is Your Name. So the film's called Phil? Nope. Your Name. <laughs> What's good about this joke? It was, it was just as funny the first time you did it as okay. well. Okay. And Laurie, which film are you doing? Well, I was going to do The Intern, starring Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, partly because we had a long email and contentious email from one of our listeners last week, um, and I went and saw it. Uh, but I have a feeling we might not have enough time, so we'll see how we go. Are you going to say that for another time? Possibly. Okay, yes. well, I've got like four or five I could do. Christmas Prince, Christmas Inheritance, just uh, High Water, Public just, Enemies. Just email so, the show, bro. Oh. And <laughs> I'm going to start off with It's Complicated. You look good, Janie. Yeah. You do. You always do. Your hair's shorter. Longer. I like it. It's getting to the point. Knowing how to be divorced is next to impossible. Not that I want him back. Of course no. not. He cheats on you. Your 20-year marriage ends. And then he marries her. Sometimes it hurts. Joe, you are so lucky Jerry is dead. Thank you. <laughs> you don't have to bump into him. Oh, that's true. Remember what we said. And My marriage is not turning out as I hoped. Honey, I'm ovulating. <laughs> Daddy, are you crying? Tearing yourself away. One tiny note, no his and her sinks. And you don't think in the future you might want a his? Oh my God, now we're talking code about my life. 
Just like somebody's got to give. Funny you should say that because in the trailer, unless you didn't see it, it's from the same writer and director of Something's Got to Give, ah. which is Nancy Myers. She so, is behind The Parent Trap. She's behind a bit, loads of really successful behind movies. Behind Intern. Yeah, and interestingly behind The Intern as well. Weird. She's a bit of a legend in the industry. She writes and directs movies and she's done pretty well. She's got a good long lasting career. Sleepless in Seattle. Is that I think her she big might film? be, yeah, as well. Yeah, right. Uh, listeners, I really love Something's Got to Give. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. A it's lot. one of those. Have, do I? <laughs> I think so. All oh, right, okay. Well, uh, this is a film we saw with our parents and we were all a bit weirded out by it. If I, I, like I remember it. rightly, Poor when Keanu I was. Keanu Reeves. But I saw it when I was like 18 or something. And this yeah, is a yeah. film entirely about love, romance, relationships during your middle aged years. What was funny about it was my parents. Well, parents said oh you won't get it you're not old yeah, enough and that. i remember feeling really annoyed by that so i think i i willed myself to like something's got to give because they said i shouldn't because i'm not old enough and i was like i'm mature yeah uh, anyway <laughs> put that to the side this is it's complicated it stars alec baldwin it stars meryl streep and it also stars steve martin and john krasinski he's the guy who's in the american office he plays jim that's right uh, listeners it's a weird film it's really weird uh, as you heard from the trailer meryl streep is uh, this divorced 60 year old something 60 ish something and uh, maybe a bit of a surrogate for Nancy Myers, just saying. And she happens to start an affair with her ex-husband, uh, who's remarried to a very much younger woman. And it's all about that and how that impacts their children and all that chaotic situation they get into of what it was that they were. Were they a good couple? Were they a good marriage? Why did it die? Why is it rekindled? All this sort of stuff. This and is it's Alec Baldwin, for- by the way, yeah. Yeah, and it's all played for fun and laughs. And uh, Steve Martin is sort of a, an alternative love interest for Meryl Streep. What is really weird about it is it's just kind of it's just kind of obvious what's going on. It feels a little bit like Nancy Myers is just too present in the film. I and that's you, because you've seen something's got to give. Maybe it is because the, the two films are kind of paralleled. Something's got to give is much more interesting, I think, as a as a film as an idea because it takes on the the Alec Baldwin side of the romance, which is a, an older man going out with younger women and whether or not that's good or bad and whether or not committing is is needed in relationships all that sort of stuff this it seems to strip that back and it just focuses on Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep is weird she's so (laughs) weird I don't know what it is I've suddenly noticed this thing 
uh, maybe it's because I saw, I've never seen Mamma Mia, but I've seen her in the trailer and I've seen her in other films as well. When she's not playing like a very specific character, Meryl Streep just seems to be her default thing is just to have a good time when whatever she's doing. In this film, she's like putting croissants in a window. She's like, oh, she's like having the best time doing like nothing. It was really weird. I was like, it was in Julia and Julia. She's, uh, she's just like laughing the whole time. Oh. But she is playing a character in that. But apparently she's meant to be a brilliant actress, but all she seems to oh, do is she, smile a lot. She's done her brilliant actressing. Now she's just like, I'm going to love it. Meryl Streep in. Ah, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep. I'm Meryl Streep. <laughs> and it's That's just such a weird thing to notice. It's so was weird. It, annoying? it was really annoying. It's like, you can't have that much time, like good time setting out a table. She literally like, it's like loving life because she's setting out knives and forks. And it's like, what's going she, she on? It reminds me of the guy in Alan Partridge. He just laughs every time they see each other to himself. It's <laughs> always like, cars this. It's <laughs> like that. It's really weird. And, um, but regardless, I think the film introduces some interesting ideas, but never really actually deals with any of them. Uh, the the key the key scene is the is the revelation that the kids the kids find out that their parents are rekindling their romance, but is it actually something or not? And what does that mean for them? Is that fair on them? Is that emotionally traumatic for them? But then they just kind of brush it aside in one scene, which I found really annoying. There is some good funny moments in it largely down to John Krasinski's face. He's very good. Oh, really? He's the fiancé of the oldest child that they, Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep have. And he is the one who discovers that all this is going on and keeps on bumping into them in these slightly awkward situations. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And him as this third party who is part of the family but not actually part of their family, he does very well, I think, at bringing humour out of that. And I, I like that part of the film. It made me laugh. Well, see, I think that's a really good setup as... An entire movie, just the fact that there's a third party, but if you take it from his point of view as everything being weird, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Rather than Meryl Streep's point of view, where everything's amazing. Yeah, it's it's just very odd. And then the whole inclusion of Steve Martin as this lovable, hapless architect who's designing her kitchen. I just felt like the movie was messy. They should have just focused on the idea of getting back together with your ex-husband. That's an interesting idea I mean, for story. Uh, tell me, Phil, I mean, it, um, it is an obvious question, really. For an obvious film, from the sound of things, is it just <laughs> not for you? Is it not aimed at you? But the thing is, I think if it was aimed at me, I still think people wouldn't like it. I think it becomes a little bit annoying. And it's very strange seeing Alec Baldwin shirtless all the time. <laughs> he's, not, he's not like trim anymore. No, and it's, and, he hasn't been trim for a long time, that guy. And it's weird him just being very overtly... I don't know. It's just I, I, one thing to the film's credit, and I think something's got to give addresses this as well. After you hit a certain age in Hollywood, there aren't really stories about you in, the, in a kind of that's why in so a normal man. sense. You yeah, don't treat them that's, as I love that kind of thing. That's why there's, that's one of the good things about these. Yeah, it, it treats them as real people with real uh, goals and aims and desires. All the same, they're still people. They just because they're older doesn't mean they're not people. And I like that about this film. But it's just so strange seeing it in a Hollywood context because you don't see these stories anymore. Uh, or at all, it's just not really represented. It's it's just they're they're old. That's they're kind of categorised as old, and this film doesn't do that. But there's still that sense of Nancy Meyer being in there. It's it's a complicated film. It's played as a comedy. There are some funny moments. There's some weird moments. They all smoke a doobie. That's really weird. Got, I picked that up from the oh. end of the trailer. I'm not so keen on that. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, Meryl Streep surprisingly loves it. <laughs> still laughing away. Oh. And uh, I'm going to give the film a C. All right, complicated. It it's is complicated. <laughs> well, I'm saying you're. Yeah. <laughs> See, I did a joke like your joke. Yeah, your it's name. very funny. Yeah, nah. we're all laughing a lot. Right, uh, Sam, what's yours? What is your name? The day a star fell, it was almost like like seeing something out of a dream. Nothing more or less than a breathtaking view. 
Let's hit the cafe later. Thanks, but I gotta go to work. I can't stand this place anymore. It's too small and close-knit. Please make me a Tokyo boy when I fly! Where am I? I've been having some strange dreams lately. I could dream about someone else's life. What is this? <gasps> what? Could this? Could this mean? In our dreams, that girl and I were switching places. There's one thing I'm certain of. If we see each other, we'll definitely know right away. I wanted to tell you that wherever you are in the world, I swear that I'll find you again, no matter what. Who are you? Can I ask you your name? Wow, I'm having like a youth indie music flashback right now, man. I feel like I'm going a bit nuts, yeah. I really thought that Amazon Prime had broken at that point. Oh, with the, yeah, 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 the, the noise is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, your name, I really enjoyed it. I couldn't remember which of you uh, reviewed it but it was Phil uh, I could give you a plus one yay uh, on the show on air thank because, you uh, I, I really enjoyed it I've got into a really bad habit of double screening when watching things so I was on my phone I was trying to do bits and bobs whilst watching this thinking I don't really care um, I didn't watch the dubbed version I had the subtitles on so there are kind of times where I had to rewind to figure out what was going on <laughs> because yeah. I hadn't heard the dialogue I just heard the Japanese and I didn't have You don't speak Japanese, Sam? Not at all. You okay. can't do subtitle films with dual screening. It's no. a good thing, man. It's going to cure us of uh, of that particular problem. Focus on what you're doing. Be, be mindful. Yeah. Be mindful. The yeah. thing is, I still persisted for quite a long time until <laughs> I actually really got into the story and was and like... it slightly hooks you, doesn't it? This is different. This is... It's not quite as formulaic as you think it's going to be. It is still weird, like any kind of uh, Japanese anime story. It very rarely follows a very linear... It's uh, not very Western path. conventions. That yeah, it exactly. But I imagine it's got lots of kind of Japanese conventions in it. Um, like the whole thing about cafes comes in. They're seen as really hip and cool uh, and only the kind of thing that you find in a city. Mm. There's like cultural things that you, you can't really connect, but you could kind of see where Japanese culture might be in relation to them. Yeah, so you can figure exactly. it out as, an, as a secondary party. Uh, just to say, listeners, um, this has done absolutely phenomenally well in the box office in Japan. It's been an absolute smash here. It's been a crossover here in um, in the UK and uh, in America as well. I think it's had multiple releases of screenings and things because it just has kept on being talked about and people love it. I think it was it overtook Studio Ghibli as one of the best uh, animations in uh, Japan. That's yeah. right. I mean, maybe the biggest seal of quality is that J.J. Abrams is making an American version. I think live is action. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can really see that happening. I mean, uh, you're following Taki and Mitsuha and how they uh, relate to each other and the, the way they relate classically is strange. It's uh, an odd thing to happen. It's a body um, swap thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And there's a body swap thing going on. But the way the body swap's revealed, I think, is actually really clever. It's not, here's a one moment and boom, they know exactly what's happened. Uh, you know, it's a drip feed of information as it things unfold. And then there's like they start texting each other or leaving notes to each yeah, other. Yeah. So they they're in each other's lives, but they haven't actually met. It's kind of a it's slightly different 
uh, use of the body swap dynamic than you might be useful because they're not located in the same place. Yeah. They don't really meet in the film. Exactly that. And so uh, there's lots of devices which would become boring and clunky, which actually just keep going and they keep you interested. But I really enjoyed it. Did you find parts of it strange? Just a little bit. I mean, any body swap thing which is aimed at teenagers... And involves is, boys and girls. And involves boys and girls is going to have a certain amount of that kind of exploration of being in another body. And then also, I think Japanese culture is slightly different about those sort of topics they anyway. Normally, they normally edit that stuff, don't they? I thought, I thought that was a famous thing, that you tend to get westernised versions. Yeah, they tend yeah. to cut out some of it. But in this film, because it's theatrical release, it's very much in there. It's not like harmful, <laughs> but at the same it. time, it's just I, unusual. I remember you commenting on that, and I was expecting something a lot worse. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a joke, isn't it? It's supposed to be a bit funny, and it's an element of the story that people recognise people are being weird. Mm. Um, so I was expecting worse, but as it was, you kind of go, oh, okay, and want it to stop, and it doesn't quite... <laughs> But this is partly why I brought up that thing in Jumanji. I was really surprised how much detail they went into with the body swap thing. And part of me wonders whether the editor left it in seeing the success of your name. And because I remember Phil saying that and I thought, man, that does sound terrible. But like, you know, in the Jumanji thing, I thought this was funny. And yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, did you I, find it funny or did you find it weird? Yeah, I kind of chuckled and it was one of those things where the joke went on longer than I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I was a bit like, oh, okay. And then they kind of returned but to then it. But <laughs> it kept going and that made it funny again. You know, it broke it kind of right away the round hole. Exactly right. So I didn't mind it too much. And I like the visuals. The, the, some of the visuals are just beautiful. I like the way it's animated. Did you see the mystery part of the plot coming at all? Um, not really, but that might be because I wasn't fully paying attention. Um, but <laughs> Very honest, I, I liked it. I liked the fact there was an element of mystery, and like I say, it wasn't quite as sort of by the numbers as you might expect. What's your grade? I I think I'd go with. I can't remember what you gave it, man, but I think I'd go with an A. I might even watch it again to watch it from the beginning. Ah, properly. did you watch it by yourself or with Floor? Uh, I watched it on my own. I happen to be on extra holiday at the moment, so I've been watching all these films I don't think Flora is interested in. That's uh, your wife, isn't it? That is my wife. All right, nice job, man. So I, well, looking at the timeline here, we're not doing really email, so I could put in a really short version of The Intern, but I don't know that I can do it shortly. What do you think, Phil? I feel like it's one of those films which you said the reason why you watched it is because of the big issues around that it because, that were raised. Actually, that's not the reason, but it But then it has it. been raised as part of a discussion point. Yeah. So do you think you can deal let's with that? It. No, okay. let's save it. Let's save it. Uh, good stuff. You know, no one to end the good thing, isn't it? Yes. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning into that. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Bill. Get your thoughts in. Superbellybros at gmail.com at Superbellybros on Twitter for your own thoughts on these classic films. Mm-hmm. Not sure they're classics yet. Only time will tell. I don't want to say. <laughs> so there we go, listeners. That's the end of season three, episode one. A slightly unusual episode. Thank you very much for joining us, Sam. You had Pleasure. Fun? Is it yeah, good? it was great. Yeah, it didn't work. Thanks for your thoughts. Really appreciate that. You're getting to see films we haven't seen. Thanks right. for covering my bacon. <laughs> Save my bacon. Problem. You covering. Gave me things wrong. Covering my bacon. That's <laughs> great, man. I really like. Cover my back. <laughs> Cover my back, bacon. Covering my back. Unsmoked. Uh, well, I'm afraid, as we said at the beginning, we did, because we're recording this the day that last week's show technically came out then it's we don't really have emails no surprise there so keep more coming in and we're just going to end it now i think for those of you who have sent in emails don't worry we have got them we'll include them in next week's show do get your emails in if you've seen the last jedi as you heard right at the very beginning of the show some people have different opinions to us and we love hearing those things we love hearing uh, uh stuff to further the conversation so get in your thoughts on what you made of the last jedi 
like what worked what didn't work and send in your plus ones and minus ones as well for any of the films we talked about today that was Jumanji that was Stronger and that was Pitch Perfect 3 mm. and Sam I take it you'll be sending in an email with your thoughts on yes, the last show. yes I will thank you very much okay listeners have a great week it's nice to be back doesn't 2018 feel different doesn't it feel new fresh fresh or fresh. shiny yeah let's hope it you know goes well please everyone season 3 <laughs> could be like our Breaking Bad season 3 you is know, that a good thing I haven't seen it it kind of season 1 and 2 great really good very promising season 3 you see now this is the thing with Breaking Rocking Bad shit. it's another thing about drugs I just I just don't I don't find it interesting I, when I was on the plane coming back from Northern Ireland someone on the seat next to me and slightly ahead of me was watching Narcos oh yeah and, and I was watching mm. it in silence with, with subtitles as well and I thought like I could predict what was going to happen in every scene because it's always the same yeah the, and I just I don't find it interesting I don't really want to see someone else getting brutally beaten up with a pool cue like that's not interesting TV to me am I, I getting this all wrong Phil Breaking Bad's slightly different to Narcos yeah, well I know that but it's still a druggy film isn't it uh, sort of but it's more about the culture it's not really about the drugs it's about what drives a man to do evil things can you be a good man with good intentions doing something bad still sounds similar look I know I'm wrong about this <laughs> but there we go okay have a great week we'll speak to you soon bye bye bonus now so there's three of us are we doing three uh, no well Sam do you have a bonus not really what I- was it going to be basically I hate balloons <laughs> uh, in the way they're portrayed in TV what do you uh, mean the way commercials. sorry the way balloons, <laughs> balloons don't have portrayals yes man. they do they're not okay. characters picture the scene a blue sky and a lonely balloon just wafts into it yeah terrifying it. did you see the film It? no I didn't but <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is uh, I think po- most people are, uh, the music behind that is going to be like because it's so much fun it's a whimsical thing look at the balloon floating no balloons teach you loss and misery okay <laughs> you can only fail with a balloon Wow. You can only fail with a balloon. Yeah, what? it's either going to pop, or you're going to let it go, or you're going to forget about it and it's going to shrivel into this tiny ball on the floor. <laughs> but you have it's fun a good before lesson that in decay. <laughs> I, well, this is it. So it's teaching you the fleeting nature of fun. Well, that's a good thing. That's <laughs> no, a great lesson for kids to learn. <laughs> well, certainly not to portray it as, look how whimsical balloons are, when actually they're teaching you a really hard moral lesson. Wow. It's funny because wow. I don't think balloons received that much extensive coverage in oh, film. Oh, they did. Maybe I mean, I in Sam's mind. <laughs> obviously they do. Oh. I think I more commonly associate them with popping or deflating comically uh, or, you know, just appearing at someone's bedside when they're ill. I don't, I don't, I, the scene you're talking about, I don't know which films you've been watching. I think it's, I uh, like it's there's, there was that, wasn't there a TV advert with loads of balloons being released? Yeah, that's TV, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. That's what I was talking about. TV. Portrayals, Laurie. Portrayals. Well, fine, fine. Well, I, I mean, do we put a full stop there or do we still do ours? Yours, yours, Phil. Well, I, I think we should have a little bit of a bonus off. Sam, do you want to judge? Yeah, happily. Okay, Laura, have you got a contender? Yeah, Mine course, wins. I think I've got too many. Can I give you two and you choose between them, Sam? You can choose. Uh, that's double judging. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, here you go, man. Uh, knock off games at a supermarket at Christmas time. Or do you find it disturbing when people laugh to themselves in public? <laughs> I'm going to go with the second one, please. Are you really? I thought the first one was better, but there we are. All, All right, right, Phil. Mine's about uh, a kid in Ikea. Right. I want to hear about the kid in Ikea. Right, so I went to Ikea over the Christmas period. It was great. It was full of people all spending their Christmas money, all the good times. It was quite stressful. I was there with uh, my fiancé's nephews and, and they were sort of running around tearing things up. I just happened to see a little girl and she'd fashioned a like headband out of one of the Ikea tape measures. <laughs> nice, <laughs> and nice I just one. Thought, and she was just sort of standing there looking really disgruntled and just standing next to her mum and dad being annoyed as they discussed, like, <laughs> they discussed the toilet brush which cost like a quid and she's just there, sort of this warrior prince 
obsessed with a tape measure headband. I thought, I remember being that kid. I know, I know. You, you have to do anything you can. To enter. <laughs> the thing is, what you probably missed is them telling her off and running round and round. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like on a little display. I am the warrior of Ikea. <laughs> This home base used to be that place. I we got told off a lot, didn't we? Lots. We used to play micro machines. Yeah. Races. Anything with wheels suddenly became a cart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those. Hide and seek. Always good fun until your dad tells you off. I just want to know how much IKEA spends on those mini pencils. I take oh, at yeah. least five. <laughs> Is that Steelix? I don't know. They're they, free. They encourage you to take them, but it's to make notes, really, sir. I do take notes. I take and, pictures. And some modern oh, man. pictures. Anyway, that was my bonus off. It made me laugh, just this little girl with a tape measure headband. Okay, so that's Phil's effort. Laurie. What was mine again? Yours was uh, laughing in public. That was it, really. So <laughs> do you find it disturbing when people laugh to themselves in public? And if so, why? Well, I found myself being that guy every now and again because yeah. I'm listening to a podcast such as this one oh, or Boom or uh, you know, a couple of others. And you know, occasionally I'll chuckle quite loudly to myself. I don't often get many looks, though. Do you not? That I'm aware of. This is it. Probably as they've gone past, they do the backwards. What, what is that? But have you, have you ever observed someone else laughing on their own as well? Sometimes, yeah, very rarely. But do you find yourself thinking, I wonder what they're listening to, they must be great, or do you find yourself thinking, uh-oh? <laughs> I see them looking at like their phone or like a text, and I think, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not funny enough in my text if this guy is having a great time, <laughs> re- like actually laughing out loud. Like, I just thought, like, it would be nice if when people did see it, they felt similarly, like, cheered up and everything. But I do just think sometimes, especially if, like, you're in a coffee shop or whatever it is, and people just see you laughing from behind, like your shoulders going <laughs> up and down. Because <laughs> the yeah. thing is, you never, you're aware that you're in a public place, so you never go <laughs> like that. You tend to go this, like I think, silently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've I been that guy, yeah. Some people do laugh really loudly out of nowhere. And I think that's when people get cross or feel How angry. How dare you them. have a good time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because it's a threat. They're like, what's the surprise? surprise? Something completely, like people laughing on the tube. That's always weird. Yeah, that's a... The tube, the tube is, is special rules, special. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Special that rules true, on the tube. Yeah. Special rules. I think I'm going to go with Phil's. Yay! Well, win, I, win, 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 win. You chose mine. I said yeah, it was, I was better. I thought it was bigger than that. I thought you had a story. I thought <laughs> You did the uh, the greatest moment. sandwich ever, basically. You did another one of those. It was all in the <laughs> no, title. No, no. Yes. Yeah. What films are you excited for? Oh, I have to answer that question right now. That's <laughs> yeah, not, I don't believe you. Let's not include that in the show. Uh... <laughs> Phil um, has already given up the ghost. That given up the ghost. I mean, you died. Jumanji. <laughs> Hold on, I'm not going to do that. Was it in the trailer? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I was over overwhelmed by all. Because you were talking while the trailer was playing. <laughs> Maybe it was. Is this a true story? <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> That's... You gotta keep, don't delete it. Keep ah, it, in. and then just say that again. <laughs> Hold on, Sam. Whoa, I'm having such a fun time, man. That's such a great movie, sounding like it. But no, no, just ignore what I'm saying. You do an intro, okay? <laughs> so you actually using that? Are you gonna include that or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> <Okay>. Might be <laughs> a blooper. That was really good.